0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food video supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Today's program is brought to you by Corin, a supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com. Hello, welcome to Japan Meets. I'm your host, Kikotema, food writer and the director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deal in the supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, and sakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food still misfit for many people, and I tried to demystify in this program, my co-guest. My guest today is Kazuhiro Sakurai, the fourth generation and CEO of Asahi Shizou, which is the maker of Dasai Sake. Dasai is the biggest export brand of Japanese sake, and Kazuhiro joined us in episode 233 in July 2021 and shared the unique sake-making philosophy of the company, as well as why Dasai became so popular globally. And in September 2023, Asahi Shiso opened its first overseas brewery, Dasai Blue, in Upstate New York. But it is not another brewery producing the sake. Uh, the same sake is in Japan to save costs. Dasai Blue aims to exceed its parent brewery in Japan. So today we'll discuss why the company decided to open the brewery in New York, what Dasai Blue's goal is, the special ingredients Dasai Blue uses to express the local terroir of New York. Its collaboration with the Carnegie Institute of America and much, much more. But before you start, Japanese is available on the Heritage Radio Network website as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast. So please go to iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify, Fichiba, and Release 2 and subscribe to Japan needs. Please write a review. Please, uh, we really appreciate your feedback. Now let's start a conversation with Kazuhiro Sakurai. Hello, Kazuhiro san. Welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, akiko san. you for the this opportunity.
1: Hey, So yeah, I know you're so busy. Uh, you're visiting now here in North America, and you are uh, busy uh, flying. And in New York, and moving to Canada, and all those busy schedules. I really appreciate your time today. So um, I usually ask my favorite question: where uh, Where you uh, where you're from, and what did you eat when you grew up? But you said everything in episode two hundred thirty three. Oh. So, <laughs> so could you tell us about your company Asahi Shuzo? For listeners who are not familiar with it, and so specifically, what is the history of Asahi Shuzo, and what are you proud of about your company?
2: Okay, and um, yeah, my brewery Asahi Shuzo is located at the Yamaguchi Prefecture. It's a western and western part of Honshu area. And one and a half hour by airplane from Tokyo. And our brewery itself has a more than 300 years history. But, uh, its highlight is concentrated in the, in these 30 to 35 years. Because my father, Hiro Sakurai, the third generation owner of the brewery, make, create the blank of the side, As a result, we changed to sake brewery that uses only Yamada Nishiki sake rice as raw material and product, uh, produce only Junbai Gaijinjo. I think it's a very unique point of our brewery.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, so um, well actually uh, you said really uh, quickly but uh, the transformation your father made to the company's philosophy that's just so unheard of. And uh, well, most uh, famously, you started the first company who started to make sake without Toji, the brewmaster. And uh, you combine um, the knowledge of tradition and also you have um, full usage of technology and science. So it's really a beautifully balanced uh, streamlined operation and that's why you can maintain uh, such a high quality of sake and hence you are the biggest exporter of sake from Japan. Um, so well I'm curious uh, what's about the percentage of export value last year from Japan to abroad uh, compared to the whole sake export of Japanese production?
2: Uh, yes in in the whole Japanese sake market uh, export market, Our sake is um, around 16 to
1: 17%. That's amazing. Because there are about thousand sake operating sake breweries and you're just one company and we have 16 to 17% of export value, which is um, just amazing. So congratulations. Um, and so um, so you just mentioned the special uh, success comes from your production philosophy um, so you have uh, focused uh, sake which is junmai ginjo and uh, you only use Yamada Nishiki maybe you can elaborate how special these mean
2: uh, yes um, actually most of do make Many different, uh, use many different types of sake rice to make many different types of sake. But we concentrate uh, to the only one type, Yamaganishi and Junmai Gaijinjo. And the reason why we choose the Junmai Gaijinjo and Yamaganishi is we really love the very clear, clean taste. And at the same time, very fruity floral aroma. So, to make to do that, we have to remove the outsta- outside of rice and use center core part of rice. We call it shinpaku, and this is a, a starch uh, inside uh, core of sake rice contains contains starch. And it is, and the outside contains fat and mineral. And so outside is good for eating, but not good for the aroma of sake. So we have to remove the outside of rice. And Yamaganishki rice is a very soft and big rice. So easy to remove the outside. So it's very good Matching with you uh, might
1: mm-hmm. sake. Right. And also, uh, people call Yamanenshiki the king of sake rice, uh, but it's very difficult to grow, right? Because it gets taller and to have a healthy crops, um, it's very hard. You have to be very careful uh, growing the rice. So, yeah, so the purity um, and also the quality of ingredients that's the uh, size, flagship style. So, uh, and also your company is known for its highly innovative mindset. So uh, how do you describe the innovation and also um, how traditional now are you are at the same time?
2: Uh, yes, actually our, our philosophy, our policy is to aim for the best sake and then to make that sake better than yesterday day. So to achieve this, we put a lot of human effort into it. Actually, we are using the, uh, more than 200 people for sake making. It's a, I think it's the number one biggest sake brewery for the number of st- brewing staff. So they they have to do the very careful handmade work for making sake. And at the same time, we use the latest technology and some data. So, as you talked, we don't use Toji because Toji is a very good experienced craftsman, but... The, it's difficult to them to do the new things. So to make better and to change change uh, sake making, it is difficult to use the toji.
1: Mm. Right, because uh, it's like um, like sushi master or something. Everybody has its own uh, techniques that, was accumulated over time and, uh, the people who follows that Toji's technique, you can't step into (laughs) his own, um, kind of realm of that skills and knowledge. So yeah, to, to break, to advance the, the tradition, there's always a challenge between the balance of the, uh, what to be changed and, uh, what to be kept. So I think you streamlined that and you eliminated that frustration. So, yeah. So, And also you have 200 people. That means that you have very labor-intensive parts of your business, which means that you have to smell the rice and how you check the fermentation by hand um, right, with five senses or maybe six senses. So that's amazing that how your father decided to um, switch to no um, toji, a Brewmaster style of making, but also you have to maintain that tradition, so it sounds like a very difficult task you and your father does. And do you work closely with your father?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, we, we work very closely. We are the family business and yeah, of course we work closely and every time we communicate with each other because. We want to change every time. So to do that, the communication is very important. And when we have a conversation, we can find a new way or we can change something. So the, our communication is very closely.
1: Mm, right. Uh, to me, um, looking at you together, it's almost like you are... Uh, I don't know, even like brothers just discussing the new business, this very active uh, communication. And that's why DASAI stayed strong and uh, very uh, (laughs) rejuvenated all the time. So uh, just to show, um, to understand DASAI's pioneering mindset we've been talking about, maybe you can talk about the DASAI 23 Hayata, which is a new product and impressively innovative. So what is special about Dasai 23 Hayata and how the advanced technology enhances the tradition in its production? Because it includes a very traditional uh, history as well in nature.
2: Uh, Yes, Uh, Dasai 23 Hayata is a sake which ensues with um, micro carbon dioxide bubbles. Even after sake is squeezed, the yeast still lives in sake, and it affects the taste and aroma. So, in order to re- reduce these changes, heat is generally needed to stop the fermentation process. But if we heating up sake, aroma and flavor is easy to change, but this hyata, the micro fine micro carbon dioxide bubbles reduce the movement of the yeast, and the so we don't need to heat up long time. It's a heating up very short time, so it makes the Flavor and aroma of sake, fresh and very fruity.
1: Mm. Well, according to um, what I read from your website, so there's an old technique called nizake, which means that you heat up uh, the sake during the production, and as a result, um, Japanese sake became one of the world's rarest preservative-free alcoholic beverages because it kills bacteria um, to really ruin the sake but uh, at the same time uh, heating up means you could lose uh, the flavors and taste but then your company developed the idea to use that um, the uh, new technology really changed that damage to the sake to minimize it so the micro bubbles uh, carbon dioxide is the, the key uh, not to ruin it, but you don't have any bacteria, and you don't have to use any uh, preservatives. So uh, that means it's really pure flavor. And then I, when I tasted it uh, first time, uh, it was really clean, um, impressively deep flavored sake. So yeah, I was very impressed with this. Uh, uh, that's the like twenty three Hayata, right? So and it's available here too, right? It's exported from Japan. Ah uh, yes, we just are selling
2: this Hayata at the uh, New York market.
1: Okay. So, listeners, if you're interested, I highly recommend that was a really great sake. So, that's uh, 23 Hayata. And uh, so, it's uh, it also developed uh, with a very passionate professor of a university, right, in Japan. Who... The professor's name is Hayata. So, Professor Hayata
2: and collaborated with us to make this technology. So, that's why the... Name of sake is Hayata.
1: Mm. Right, he unfortunately passed away, uh, but it's a legacy and uh, it was very successful development and discovery. Yes. Mm. Right, okay, uh, we'll take a quick break here and when we come back, we'll discuss the size new brewery in New York. So please stay with us. Koin's Tribeca showroom is home to the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan. Stop by to view their exquisitely designed tableware and the wireless natural sharpening stones. They have a whole range of knife services, from repair and rust removal to reshaping and realigning. Koin is dedicated to this ideal, bringing the highest quality Japanese design to your table, so you can experience the unparalleled quality of Japanese craftsmanship in your home or restaurant. For more information, visit coin.com Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Needs on HRN Heritage Video Network. I'm your host, Akiko and My guest today is Kazuhiro Sakurai, the fourth generation of, and CEO of Asahi Shuzo, which is a maker of Dasai sake. Okay, so let's talk about your Dasai brewery in New York. It's called Dasai Blue. So, um... You opened the Sai Blue in upstate New York in September 2023, last year. So, first of all, why did you decide to open a sake brewery in the US?
2: Uh, yeah, firstly, CIA Culinary Institute uh, proposed us to make sake brewery nearby them. And the location, New York, was important for us. Because New York is a melting pot of race, and within that melting pot, various cultures from different countries come together, and new new cultures are born as a result of their encounters. So that's why we we want to create a new food culture in here, New York. Mm.
1: Right, and uh, for listeners um, who are not familiar with the Culinary Institute of America, it's called the Harvard of uh, culinary education, and uh, it's really amazing. Uh, great chefs graduates, really numerous, countless new uh, great chefs uh, from that institute, also called CIA, um, not the spice. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and also I think the the creative mindset of New York, and also New York has the best. Um, water, <laughs> also. Uh, yes. by, and if by educating um, the students about sake at CIA, it means that the most uh, effective uh, spirit of knowledge about tradition of sake, how great sake is. So, yeah, when I first heard that you open a brewery in collaboration with the CIA, I was really excited because uh, you know, the Sake industry in Japan, unfortunately, has been declining quickly. Not because sake is bad, but also, uh, but it's only the market competition and also um, it's hard to find workers for traditional industry. So um, it's really a good news for I think the whole sake industry that you opened Dasai Blue. So what is the theme and or goal of Dasai Blue? Is any Difference in your sake making philosophy between Dasai in Japan and Dasai Blue? Uh,
2: yes, uh, I think there is no difference in philosophy. In just as Dasai in Japan aims to produce the best sake in a Japanese em- environment, and Dasai Blue aims to produce the best sake in a New York environment. So we both aim the best sake at their own, own place. Mm. Right.
1: Okay. And uh, why did you name your American brewery Dasai Blue?
2: Uh yes uh, the name blue is comes from a Japanese proverb. It means it's the uh, Blue comes from English from plant and it's bluer than indigo. This proverb means that the children surpass the parent or the pupils surpass the mother. Actually, dasai blue and the uh, awasake in New York is children of Japanese dasai. But the dasai blue one could aim for better sake than Japan. Mm. So, we pass the best sake and surpass the Japanese Dasai.
1: Mm. Right, <laughs> that we really represent... Um, of course, of course, Dasai in
2: Japan wants to make a best sake and better sake than Dasai Blue, of course.
1: Right, so it's kind of like a created a springboard, even go further. Uh, by creating Dasai Blue. And it's very ambitious, but it's very uh, uh, symbolic of Asahi Shuzo um, spirit. They always keep better, uh, becoming better than anything else we've been doing before. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's amazing. Um, and uh, what types of sake do you make at Dasai Blue currently?
2: Uh, it's, it's similar to the uh, lineup in Japan. It's uh, our our type is uh, it depends on the it comes from the rice polish ratio. Then now we have DASAI 23, type 23, DASAI blue type 23, it means the polish down to 23%. So we move the seventy-seven percent outside and use only twenty-three percent of rice. And we also have type 50. It means 50% polish ratio. And, and we also, now we are brewing the type 35. That means, uh, size 35 polish rice. So it's similar to Japanese dasai, but really different from the das- Japanese dasai, because the dasai in Japan is a uh, rice polish ratio is uh, 23 and 39 and 45, but uh, in the United States, we produce 23 and 35 and 50.
1: Mm. Well, it sounds like you're gonna, you gonna you don't know, you never know, you might come up with something new here too. So for now, these are the three uh, polishing ratio. And uh, so the lower uh, the number is uh, it's more polished, that means uh, more purified, but it doesn't mean that um, it's the lower the better the number is. It, it means that different kind of styles You uh, can have different kind of flavors. And uh, I think you made the alcohol level slightly lower than in Japan?
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, the, the Dasai in Japan is a 15 to 16 percent alcohol, And this dasai blue is around 14% because we want to expand to the, like a, like a wine and champagne fan. So, but for for example, the wine, alcohol percent of wine is around 13 to 14%. So, for the wine and champagne people, 16% 15 to 16 is really higher than they expect. So that's why we want to make the lo- really lower alcohol than Japanese dasai.
1: Mm. Right. And uh, dasai is also known for collaborating with non-Japanese chefs, including the late uh, Joe Sean. And you have a place in Paris called Dasai Joe Robschon, uh, which you opened in 2018. So um, it's not just uh, an idea that you try to pair sake with Western, non-Japanese food. That really makes sense that you set alcohol level uh, closer to wine because you can easily uh, try to pair with non-Japanese food at home even. So that totally makes sense. Um, and uh, so where do you get ingredients from the safe uh, food sake? Uh, yeah,
2: of course... Uh... Water is come from the New York area, very nearby um, our brewery in New York. And the rice is come from now come from Japan and United States both. Majority of rice is now come from Japan. But now we are collaborating with one farmers in Arkansas, Arkansas state and the name, uh, Chris Isabel, Isabel Farm. And they cultivate Yamada Nishiki rice for us. And from this year, we start to use this uh, Arkansas rice to our sake.
1: Mm. Right. So actually, the Isabel Farms in Arkansas, uh, their uh, owner family markets that Mark and Chris Isabel's of the family uh, joined us on episode 244 in November, 2021, and shared their fascinating story about how Chris got into making Japanese rice and now sake rice, including Yamada Nishiki that you use. And, um, well, I think uh, uh, the conversation with Mark and Chris as really reminded me of uh, you and your father's conversations. It's very innovative, just curious. Uh, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, child being curious about what to do, what you can do uh, so your two families have the same kind of mindset and uh, excitement about creating new things so that makes sense that you work with the uh, Isabel farms um, and also I think they are uh, they keep developing new sake rights, right, um, they started from other Koshihikari um, I think and eventually they use Yamara Nishiki, Omachi Wataribune, and gohyakumangoku, uh, these are really amazing, important sake rice. So, um, yeah, so do you think you're going to expand uh, the use of uh, American sake rice from now on to replace?
2: Uh, yes, I hope to, in the future, I like to use the Yamada Nishiki in United States and replace uh, all of sake rice from Japanese to American one, but right, right now, it's still the quality is have a room for improvement. So right now, we don't want to decide to replace all of the sake rice in Japan to United States, but in the future, I hope to replace the majority of sake rice to
1: United States. Mm, Right. So that uh, your intention probably motivates uh, Isabel Farms and other sake producers in this country. So by itself, your existence in America, I think, is uh, very encouraging for sake farmers, uh, sake rice farmers, and basically um, inspiration of quality sake rice, uh, I think. So so who are your staff members at Dasai Blue? And did you bring your team members from Japan or did you hire trained local people?
2: Uh, yeah, we, it's both. Uh, now we have the three people from Japan and they are one of, the, one of the best staff, best members from our brewery. I choose the best members. I could find in the brewery and actually these three members is uh, when I asked them to ask our brewery master in Japan to take them to United States and he don't want to do that
0: because
2: (laughs) it's a problem for the sake brewery in Japan and also my father Hiroshi Sakurai is coming to New York and the every time he's in the brewery right now. It's a kind of dream team, I think. And in addition to these three members, we hired six local staff members in New York, local area. They, have, they don't have experience to, in sake brewing but they are now learning hard from the member from Japan.
0: Mm.
1: So I think you are raising a future talent of sake making um, taught by the best uh, brewers from Japan, uh, from Dasai brand, which is the best <laughs> over the world. So right, it's amazing that you are really um, nurturing the future sake making um, talents. And also, I heard you are very conscious about environmental issues. And I heard that your water treatment facility costs you um, six point seven million dollars, not to affect the Hudson Valley environment. So you're definitely uh, contributing to local uh, com- economy and also not damaging anything <laughs> in the in the environment. So that's amazing. Yes, uh, actually,
2: um, our brewery is in Yamaguchi Prefecture, and I, we, we really love the uh, place in Yam, Yamaguchi because it's our, our hometown. And at the same time, right now, New York and Hyde Park area is our hometown. So it's important for us to, and, um, to, uh, to not uh, affect to the environment. So, yeah, of course, it cost 6.7 million dollars is, a uh, bit of cost for us, <laughs> but I think it's important for the environment in New York.
1: Right, because it's your home now.
2: Yes, exactly. Right, right.
1: so well, that's the thing that uh, you didn't come here to produce uh, sake to save the cost. As I mentioned earlier, you want to be a part of sake production community, and uh, which never happened in this country yet. So... This is exciting because there's so many other sake breweries started to be more um, active and they've been making better quality sake for the last decades and two decades. So you join this whole uh, community of sake production in America and it's inspiring. And you're, like I said earlier, you're nurturing the talent to make great sake. So you open the Dasai Brew, uh, I mean, for your business, for your excitement, for your uh, all those dreams, but I think you're doing something uh, very influential to the whole psychic community in America. So this is very exciting, I think, for many of us. <laughs> yes,
2: thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a similar to the situation of Japanese restaurant because uh, right now some of Japanese restaurant in New York is owned by uh, American people. And it's a uh, it's a, I think it's a new culture and new style of food Is sometimes come from the restaurant food which owned by American people. And like in New York, there is some omakase and very authentic restaurant come from Japan. So both both restaurants are important for making culture. So right now, the sake mat is Sake industry, and there is a sake owned by American people. And from now, we are the sake brewery come from Japan and like a Japanese style. So it's important for making a a better culture for
1: making sake. Mm, interesting. And also, I think those uh, omakase-driven restaurants, Japanese restaurants, uh, customers, I heard mostly non-Japanese people, so it's locally enjoyed, it's a part of this American culture, and uh, you're doing, is the sake is becoming, hopefully, a part of American uh, beverage culture. So, right. and so uh, what are the biggest challenges in producing sake in New York?
2: Uh, of course, there there are many difficulties, but the main one is that the water is different. Of course, and uh, to make sake, water is very important, and the water in New York is harder than Japan, with more minerals. Minerals. And hard water means that. The yeast is more active and the fermentation speed is faster than Japan, than soft water. And too fast fermentation speed makes the circuit case rougher. So we need to control the yeast. We need to take care more, more and more than Japan.
1: Right. So that means that you have to control the temperature, maybe lower or something to um, keep the activities of bacteria the east a little quieter and then make a slow fermentation possible. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so on the other hand, so what is the exciting and fun part of making sake in New York? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, to, yeah. As, as I told you, the, we are aiming to make the best sake in totally different environment from Japan. So it means there's many challenge, and many difficulty, and many failures, and many mistakes, and it makes uh, the to for us to it's a good for. Us to make a know-how, because when we met at the same emb- in the same environment, there is no change. But the uh, environment in New York is so different from Japanese one. So it's very interesting for us, and it's exciting. And at the same time, now we just start to selling our sake, In non Japanese, many non Japanese restaurants. So now it's exciting for us to make a new market and new culture.
1: Mm, Right. Well, it's a, I see, uh, for example, uh, Brooklyn Crowd Sake, which is a local New York uh, first brewery. I started to see uh, their sake in many non Japanese restaurants. I think it's a local. Sake local beverage, you can try it yes. more easily. So, yeah, that's great. Um, I hope to see the uh, Sky Blue uh, brand in many many other places, like a pizza place too. Who knows? Um, uh,
2: yes, yeah, something I. Right?
1: So and uh, well, we discussed the CIA Canadian Institute of Americas and collaboration with you. So, um, what programs are you going to offer to them, or are you already offering some kind of programs? To CIA
2: students, uh, yes. Now they are holding a sake class right now, Japanese sake class, and we are we are supervising that class. And now we are also collaborating with with them on many other events and seminars for the guests of CIA.
1: Right. So that means that um, the CIA students get more knowledge of sake. And if they decide to become a chef, they can think of pairing sake with the non-Japanese food. And also there's sommelier candidates there too. So they have deep understanding of Japanese sake, right?
2: Yes, yes. Right.
1: That's very hopeful. So when can we taste Dasai Blue? Uh,
2: for example, in Mahaka, you can drink our sake dasai brew at high-end Japanese restaurant like Sakagura or Sushizo and many restaurants. And you can purchase our dasai brew at some liquor store like Union Square Wine, Asa Wine, or Sakaya.
1: Right. And actually, uh, on your website, dasai.com, there's a, a where to buy list, which is getting longer and longer every time I see it. So that's exciting. And, uh, <laughs> and also, um, yeah, uh, also we can visit the Dasai brewery too, right? So how can we do that?
2: Uh, yes, you can book a uh, reservation from uh, our website, yeah, and if you make a reservation for our tour, we can, we can guide the tour, and at the same time, you can enjoy just our sake tasting, Dasai tasting at the brewery. Mm,
1: that's very fun. So, okay, so that's uh, the Dasai.com, and if you go to side, that's the Dasai Blue America space, it's www.dassai.com, d-a-s-s-a-i.com, and uh, you can find uh, listeners. You can find how to book the tour, and it's uh, it's fun. And uh, okay, so what are your plans and dreams for Dasai Blue? Uh, yes, and
2: um, the our our dream of Dasai Blue is to. Expand the non-Japanese market. So right now, of course, the pairing with Japanese, uh, Japanese restaurant, Japanese food, and dashi is, of course, very good matching, and it's important for us. But at the same time, we have to go to next area, next stage. Right now. You can enjoy the enjoy wine or beer at many places. Even also in Japanese restaurant, you can enjoy wine and champagne and whiskey. But in the non-Japanese restaurant, some of Japanese restaurant, uh, some of non-Japanese restaurant carry sake. But it's still not the majority. So, we want to make a new culture, in, which is a non-Japanese restaurant, and sake.
1: Mm, right. Yeah. and I mean, the, if you try to uh, pair sake with something uh, non-Japanese, it's really easy. And if you, sometimes uh, white wine's acidity and red wine's tannins are very difficult, even with uh, Western food. So, sake is very forgiving and <laughs> I hope that, yes. right? So, the, yes. Dasai Blue's uh, taste is based on New York water and then the American sake and also Japanese high-quality sake uh, combined. Um, it's an interesting um, thing to try for listeners and uh, I'm just curious how they think. Um, okay, so, uh, well, the sake exports data just came up uh, for 2023. And uh, it's been a, a good year for sake industry, but the number dropped uh, to 87% by value and 81% by quantity um, between 2023 and 2022. So, and the reasons sounds very various, and possibly uh, the diminished Chinese economy, which is always a um, you know big importer, and also high inflation. So. What do you think the sake industry can do to keep Japanese sake popular and preserve its precious tradition for the future? Uh,
2: Yes. Um, To expand, uh, I think uh, for sake, sake industry, it is important to expand to market around the world. So, most of sake brewery is still, still watch uh, the mostly Japanese market, but we have to see the outside of Japan and go to many countries and meet and compete with different alcohol like wine, champagne, and whiskey, beer, all over the world. And it makes the brand and quality of sake better and better. I think it's it's like an Olympic Olympic game. So if we fight with other countries' player, it makes us more strong. So I think it's important to, for sake market. And now the Yeah, Japanese people in Japan, the people is the average uh, year is becoming very old and the shrinking the number of the people. So I think the to go to overseas is also important.
1: Mm, right so and also once some things enjoyed outside of japan japanese people will realize oh this is a cool thing we we didn't realize we have such a cool product so that happened before
2: right? yes yeah i think so i mm, agree
1: mm. and uh, also that inspiration of the overseas uh, production like you do i really found your dasai blue 50 uh, very approachable fruity and that style of sake is really versatile to pair with anything so I think the uh, Japanese sake industry um, is going to stay strong, maintain its tradition, but also uh, it can uh, be kind of evolve to survive in this competitive um, global mar- market. Um, so yeah, it really, to me, uh, Dasai Blue is such a turning point uh, for American sake industry, because um, we mm-hmm. inspire other players and also uh, the idea of local. Uh, traditional, valuable Japanese sake, uh, I think it's going to be solidified as a good image. So, yeah, good luck. And uh, so where can we find your updates online and on social media?
2: Uh, yes, we have Instagram and Facebook page. So you can find the page with the name Dasai Blue.
1: Okay. Right. And also you have Instagram, uh, Dasai Sake, it's D-A-S-S-A-I Sake, S-A-K-E, one uh, word. So, and also uh, listeners, if you're interested in uh, checking out our English page of Japanese uh, Asahi Shuzo's company, Dasai Brand's whole website, uh, that's very cool. You can see uh, the Dasai uh, 23 Hayata information as well. That's uh, uh, J P. And it's A-S-A-H-I-S-H-U-Shuzo. That's S-H-U-G-O. Sorry. So asahishuzo.ne.jp. So asahishuzo.com. If you just look up asahishuzo, you can find the page. Anyway, so, uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today again, um, Sakurai-san. And, uh, well, please keep me posted and hopefully uh, you can come back and uh, give us updates. And, uh, it's going to be very, uh, interesting to see how you're going to succeed in this market.
2: Yeah, it's also interesting for us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for this this time.
1: Okay, okay. so uh, listeners, if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for short or guests, please contact us at Spanish at heritagevideonetwork.org or at kikwatema.com. Spanish is a weekly program and is always available at heritagevideonetwork.org as well as on iTunes, Stitch, and Spotify as a podcast engineer is Liam Warner, and thanks for listening. I will see you next week. Japan Eats is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org to slash subscribe. This episode of Japan Eats was made possible with the support of Dasai. SI supports HRN's creative educational reporting and storytelling that drives conversations to empower, educate, and entertain through food-focused podcasts and world-class education programs.